You're listening to the Stag Sports Network Podcast, only on FairfieldStags.com. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Stag Sports Wrap here on the Stags Sports Network Podcast channel. Hope that you all had a good Thanksgiving as it's been actually a minute since we've talked to you all guys last and this will actually be the last show that we do of the fall semester. We're going to take a little bit of a break to enjoy the holidays. Well, I say enjoy with, um, you know, air quotes around those because we've got a lot of basketball to come, but that will certainly be a nice little grind. But we're, yeah, we're going to take a break during the winter months, come back sometime in either late January or early February. Um, but we certainly have a bit of a jam-packed show here. And funny enough, this podcast is going to divert from our usual content. We will now become specifically a uh, U.S. men's national team podcast uh, for the <laughs> the majority of the show. Of course, J.J. Duke here with Drew Kingsley. Drew, I should have asked, how was your holiday? Oh, just wonderful. Yours? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Um, and we're not here alone. We have someone that um, certainly knows a lot about this U.S. men's national team, really more specifically one player on the team because he has seen it all through the eyes. He has helped the man, of course, get to where he is. But first off, we're talking about the Fairfield men's soccer associate head coach, uh, Javier Decima. And thank you so much for giving us a bit of your time here. I know the off season is kind of an interesting one. You're in the middle of you know, recruiting and looking ahead already to next season. But um, I've never actually asked this question before to anybody. It's very standard cliche, but the circumstances actually make it so. For you, what is your emotions like watching Matt Turner, someone that you've coached, someone that you've mentored throughout his process, seeing the highs and the lows, represent himself, the national team, on the highest stage in the World Cup? It's just uh, the most exciting time ever, to be quite honest. You know, Seeing someone <laughs> that uh, we're fortunate enough to have here with us uh, and coached and, you know, develop as a person and, and as a player, you know, to see him on the world stage is, is something incredible, uh, especially more more than uh, about his story. You know, his story is, is just a Cinderella one. So it's just great. It's uh, at times uh, nerve-wracking, uh, <laughs> uh, definitely. But, uh, yeah, just excited, you know what I mean, to see him. And, you know, every single time he gets steps on the pitch, you know, we, we believe that he's going to do well. So it's, it's exciting times. We've heard his story obviously told so many times over the last 22 months or so. But, I mean, this is – people have said this is a, a, almost a dream situation. It's one that can be written in, in movies and things along those lines. Someone that – you know, wasn't going to be a, a soccer player. He was. He wanted to be a baseball player. Um, then he comes through the system here at Fairfield. Didn't have the greatest of a start opportunity. We're not. We're going to gloss over that. But he ends up being not only a quality goalkeeper, quality person, a great representative of the group that obviously yourself, uh, Carl Reese, and uh, Johnny Raj put together. And now he's doing his his bit on the national stage and. I guess now it, it's kind of one of those things like, did you, even in your wildest dreams while coaching Matt, know that this was truly a possibility? It's it's tough to say, right? Like, uh, when you first, you know, see the initial Matt, you, you know, it's, it's you know, you see the potential. Uh, but with him, it's just, uh, as you speak to him and you get to know him, his mindset and his mentality to, to oversee um, things in a different perspective, the, the way that he, you know, he goes about it, like he wants, when he wants something, he's 
he'll do anything to get it. So the 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 time that he put in in terms of his work, uh, the time that he put in on every aspect of of his game to improve. Um, it's it's one that you know. I mean, if you get an opportunity, he would display what he was. He's fortunate to uh, he's what he's good at. You know what I mean? And uh, he he showed that all through this college career, his MLS career, now at Arsenal and and through the World Cup. You know. And he's been someone that's also come back. You know, after he graduated, he's been working. You know, he comes back and either working camps or just coming and having sessions with you. And I know he actually came on this platform last year in prior to him coming back for Matt Turner night. Um, and he spoke about times where you guys had just some really strong heart to heart conversations about you know where he can be, where he can grow. And I guess this is a testament to not only as you said, the perseverance that he has put throughout his career to get to where he is, but also the belief that he has, knowing that he trusts you know, the people that are in his circle, and it's, I guess, a privilege for you to be just one of those people in that. Oh, it's definitely, it's a privilege, you know what I mean, just to get, you know, uh, obviously to get to know him, his family, you know what I mean, and everything about him, you know, uh, and he you know, he put his, uh, his, to be quite honest, he put himself in a situation here at Fairfield, you know, to, and believed in us and believed that Fair, in, in Fairfield, and there we go, you know, I mean, look where he's at now today. So. Drew, bringing you into this conversation, because you also play a part in telling this story, but in a little bit of a different side. Um, obviously, we see what Matt does on the field, what he's done throughout his career at Fairfield, going through his professional stages, and obviously now in the national team, but this is a story that you have been following for a while and you get to kind of look at it from a different perspective yeah it's from where we sit sort of in you know promoting and spreading the word about matt it's 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 like nothing i've ever done before you know we have a lot of athletes playing pro we have baseball players we have basketball players we have soccer players and you know we promote them all we love to promote them all but with matt getting to the level he's gotten to Every time he steps on the pitch, it's an event. Yep. You know, we're not we're not covering every at bat that a baseball player has in the minors. We are following, for the record, but we're not putting it on Twitter every time somebody has an at bat. But every time the U.S. men's national team steps on the pitch, it's such an event that it's it's just incredible to cover. It's like it's like being a part of their social media team as well as our own, and it's great to promote him. And it's also great having gotten to know him a little bit to know that you're promoting a good person and a good representative. That just makes it more exciting and more fun from my end. And promoting is kind of an interesting one because you, you know, everybody knows about the World Cup, right? It's something that's probably we can arguably say the biggest sporting event in the world, maybe outside of the Olympics, but at least sports specific. It's there. People will watch it. People may not understand completely what's happening. You don't watch i mean obviously now in this country we're watching club you know whether it's the premier league whether it's la liga bundesliga go on and on um but you've also kind of had to not only educate yourself about this process of what matt's gone to but you're also telling the story to everybody in the community whether it's current students whether it's the staff whether it's alumni whether it's people that are just living around fairfield and go to games so what has that been like for you to get everybody up to speed and to be like right this is not just something that happens on a regular basis this is almost something that's once in a lifetime yeah it's uh it it it's a unique situation it's you know it's it's funny because if you go through my text messages for me to be educating people about this is a little bit funny because i'll text jj twice a week and say hey explain the entire premier league to me in three minutes but (laughs) yeah it's just to get to 
you know, talk to people on the university side who are following but maybe aren't as sports savvy mm. or talk to people in the community or, you know, I'm also a Fairfield alum to hear from people from my graduating class to say, wait a minute, the goalkeeper for the men's national team is a Fairfield stag. Yeah. That's awesome. It's great to, you know, pull people into this. And what's great about it is it's not just, hey, it's unique for Fairfield to have a player on the men's national team. It's unique for any college soccer program to have a player on the men's national team. That it is, and that's actually a great segue, Javier, because you look at this current U.S. team right now, it's not just Matt. There's actually eight players that have played Division One men's soccer. and Actually, another one of the players that has been a true standout and one that has his great, unique story on his own is Tim Ream, who came through St. Louis, kind of a the diamond in the rough, you would never really have thought about it. He went to New York Red Bulls. Um, he had an opportunity to play in the Premier League to try and say it, keep Bolton Wanderers up. That unfortunately didn't happen, but he's actually progressed and gotten so much better as you go on and on through his career. And here he is at 35 years old. Pep Guardiola wanted him at 24 years old, but <laughs> that's another uh, inside joke. But, I mean, it proves that there's more than one pathway to achieve the best and to be at the top of the game, which, you know, in men's soccer, people talk about, oh, go straight to the academy and then turn professional. That's not the case. College soccer is a great platform. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a platform. It gives you a second opportunity. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys that, you know, don't make it to top academies or not within the mix, you know what I mean? Uh, they get a second opportunity to, to showcase themselves and, and, you know, get drafted if they, they get drafted or, in the case of Matt, that didn't get drafted, but he was able to, you know, what I mean, get himself a trial, you know, what I mean, at uh, at the New England Revolution, and there you go, he gets signed, you know. So, but it is it is a platform, is 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 a big platform to showcase uh, your skills, and scouts are always looking, you know, yeah, they're yeah. always looking everywhere. So there's an opportunity, a second opportunity there. What has this performance that Matt has put in done to maybe just inspire the current group that you have right now? Because obviously this has to give everybody just that little extra motivation, knowing that, hey, we've got an alum that's doing it in the world's biggest stage. We tell our guys, you know what I mean? Everything is possible. You know what I mean? The guys downstairs, you know what I mean? Look at, you know, there's a possibility of you guys playing at the biggest stage in the world. You know what I mean? There's a possibility of you guys you know, signing for a local team around the area. There is a possibility, you know what I mean? So it's just, you know, being at the right mind frame and, be, you know, having a little bit of luck as well. You know what I mean? You have to have luck, in, you know, in this profession at where, where Matt is right now. Uh, but at the same time, you got to put in the work. You got to have your right mindset, you know. And like you said, have people to guide you the right way. Absolutely. And Drew, this is kind of now a unique territory where we were, um, you know, when we look over the schedule of the World Cup, you know that you've got the three group matches. Now it's the knockout round. Uh, we're recording on, well, the morning after the afternoon before where the U.S. <laughs> uh, knocked off Iran by a goal to nil. Now they play the Netherlands on Saturday at 10 a.m. That means a uh, it's going to turn out to be a pretty long day for you because you've got this match, and then, of course, men's basketball have their first home game of the season, also first home league game against St. Peter's, but I think this is qualifying nicely into that labor of love category. Oh, it's going to be great. Turn on the, the soccer match at 10 a.m., turn on the women's road game at Binghamton in the afternoon, then head over to the arena. Well, not head over. I'll be there all day, <laughs> but then turn my attention to Mahoney Arena, getting ready for a men's game on Saturday. It's uh yeah, it's a busy day, but it's the kind of busy day we love. Absolutely. Well, Javier, we appreciate, again, the time that you've given us. And, you know, I mean, this has got to be – you have your own, you know, rooting interests as well. Your beloved Argentina, we're 
playing in roughly about two hours after we record. So hopefully when this episode goes live, they're through to the round of 16. But I know that this has been such a, a joy for you, for the rest of your staff and the rest of your team to watch. And we, we hope that this just goes as long as it possibly can. Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for that. Absolutely. So we'll step aside and we'll continue on this fall semester concluding episode of the Stag Sports Wrap right after this. All right, well, welcome back here. Thanks again to Associate Head Coach for Fairfield Men's Soccer, Javier Decima, for chatting with us about Matt Turner. I mean, what, what can you say? We could talk about literally all the stats in the world that he's done, but I love this one the best. U.S. defense and Matt Turner, only one of four teams as time of recording, and that will be the maximum of four teams that will get through the group stage without conceding a goal from the run of play. And what I mean by that is a goal that comes from anything that's not a set piece or a penalty. Matt has stopped every shot that has come his way, minus the one Gareth Bale penalty, immense in that England match as well. And, I mean, it's been an absolute joy to watch him. And, again, as we said, we're recording on uh, what is the day after the U.S.'s final group stage. They will take on the Netherlands on Saturday at 10 AM Eastern Time. Check your local listings to see where you can watch that. Now, Drew. Oh. Uh, I was, and not to belabor the point, but he did get a hand on that penalty kick. It's just uh, when Gareth Bale puts a foot on a penalty kick, I don't think anybody's stopping No, it. no, not at all. I mean, listen, so I've been watching these matches at various places, not at home. Uh, unfortunately, that's going to be different on Saturday because I will have a, another game to go to to work outside of that. That's going to be a different viewing experience. But the collective... <gasps> when he got the hand, I was like, "Oh my god!" He actually almost—that was a—it was a well-taken penalty. But you know, also when you're um, stopping some of England's best players for good looks later on that match on the day after Thanksgiving, which was wild in and of itself. I mean, for those that don't know, this is. You know, soccer is something that I'm very heavily invested on in a number of different ways. But this is uh, taking a few years off my life. Let's just put it that way. But now it's kind of like, okay, through the group stage, my personal expectations have kind of been met. We'll just see where it goes afterwards. Um, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. And, hey, what if the U.S. beat the Netherlands? What if? Oh, God, I've only been alive for one other quarterfinal, and that was uh, 2002 when I was much younger and <laughs> had to get up at, like, 3 a.m. to watch the games in South Korea. Anyways, um, now we're going to bring this back here a bit more home. Uh, we did have a few teams that were wrapping up their fall season. And also kind of wrapping up the first half of their season. We'll talk a little bit about basketball as well. But again, we'll remind you guys that we do have two basketball-specific shows that you can listen to on the Stag Sports Network podcast channel. Um, first, we discuss Fairfield Volleyball, who reached the MAC Tournament Final for the 21st time in program history. They're aiming for the program's 13th tournament title after, of course, winning the regular season championship earlier on in the season. And then after three sets-to-one victories over Niagara in the quarterfinal, Siena in the semifinal, it was a day that we didn't actually expect that would happen. Um, Fair play to Quinnipiac. They were the hottest team in the tournament. They won seven straight matches, including knocking off Fairfield in the championship game. And for those that didn't know, yes, that's the spoiler alert that Fairfield did lose in the final by three sets to one. Quinnipiac were seeded six in the tournament, but they had a lot of injured players come back at the right time, Drew. And I know, obviously, that's you haven't had much practice writing a 
finals loss um, recap all that often, but sometimes you do have to tip your hat and say the best team won on the day. Yeah, it was just watching that match, you know, uh, if you ask Coach Kress and you ask the players, of course they'll tell you things that Fairfield could have done better or done differently. But Quinnipiac played incredibly well. You know, shout out to them. And I do mean that. Sometimes when we say that, I think people might roll their eyes. But mm. I do mean good luck, congratulations to Quinnipiac. They they were, they looked like the better team on that day. But, you know, we know Fairfield's a very good team. We know they had a great season. It's, it's nothing to hang your head about to go 17-1 and one in the MAC, mm. pick up a couple Big East non-conference wins along the way as well, reach the final, and just it's it's an any given, I think it was a Saturday, any given Saturday yep. approach that sometimes you get beat. And that happened, and if you followed Fairfield Volleyball, you know that this team is already thinking about next year and coming back strong and going at it again next November. I mean, if there's any further motivation, it's, you know, you get so close, you get a taste of it, but you just don't have, it's not the day to get over the line. Yeah, that team, I wouldn't have been surprised if they were back in the gym the next couple of days after, and they're already thinking about what needs to change to make sure that that doesn't happen again for them. Um, but yeah, as we said, credit to Quinnipiac and credit to them as well. Their athletics department, it's a heck of a fall semester. What, four of the five MAC championships that they won, both soccers, uh, women's cross country and volleyball. And what was the men's soccer took Vermont to extra time in the first round of the NCAA men's soccer tournament. Vermont is still playing. They're, in fact, in the quarterfinals after knocking off UCLA. So, I mean, it just proves to show how good of a season they have been. Fairfield, credit across the board. It's a lot of putting themselves in the situation, got there, and that's all you can ever ask for is to be in it. But just other years, we might be saying this story and this year could have been a different one, but this is kind of the way that it is. Uh, congratulations to Sabria Cooper and Kyla Berg, who were named to the all-tournament team. As Sabria had a really nice competition, by the way. We know how good Kyla Berg as a libero is, averaging over five digs per set in the tournament, but Sabria transfer in um, from VCU and not to say lost in the translation, she just wasn't putting up the huge numbers because we have we as a Fairfield have so many big hitters to choose from. But she really showed out the at the at the right time. Yeah, it's uh, we've talked about it all year. It's really offense by committee, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Mm. I mean that in a very positive way. With a lot of good players coming in and out, you know, in some ways sacrificing some personal statistics to make sure that the team was in the best position to succeed in yeah. every rotation. It's a real money ball approach. Every All six rotations, you want it to optimize, so sometimes that means the player's not playing all the way around and things like that. But yeah, she, uh, she had her moments during the season, as did players like Sarah Daniels, Michaela Howe, Allie Elliott, and uh, Sabria really stepped up in the tournament to uh, help lead the team to that final match. Yeah, most definitely. So congratulations to those two, as well as uh, to Fairfield Volleyball senior K.J. Johnson, who's named the MAC Player of the Year, first team all-conference as well, as well as junior Ella Gardner. Um, and Ella and Kyla Berg were both named to the College Sports Communicators, which is formerly the COSIDA Academic All-District team for their work on the floor as well as in the classroom. We've actually had a number of awards that have come in since we've last discussed. We did speak briefly about the men's and women's soccer and field hockey all-conference teams as the duration of the fall season goes on with tournament play you do get these awards that come out so we'll list them to you first um 
Similarly for women's soccer, Olivia Holman also was on the uh, College Sport Communicators All-District team, um, as well as getting All-League honors earlier. Maddie Mills, uh, grad student after her outstanding season, got uh, United Soccer Coaches second team All-Region for the Atlantic region, or might have been Mid-Atlantic, one of the two in there. Um, and also, after being named the Northeast Conference Player of the Year in field hockey, grad student Nora Ama was named to the National Field Hockey Coaches Association All-Mideast Region second team. So congratulations to all of those athletes for garnering the postseason accolades. Drew, one other team that just wrapped up their fall portion of their competition when we return will basically be diving right back into and pun completely intended there um (laughs) their championship season would be fairfield swimming and diving now this event that they competed in which is the terrier invitational on the weekend before thanksgiving very much like what the mac championship will be it's a three-day competition you're going to swim prelims in the morning finals in the evening over three days i believe the mac championship is actually four days so just a little bit condensed but you still get the same picture and fairfield were competing in the pool against some very good opposition northeastern boston university boston college georgetown and umass and fairfield they performed well on both sides now this is one of those where you're not looking to win a competition. You're very much looking to see what times you're hitting at this point. We talked with um, Fairfield Swimming and Diving head coach earlier on the season about uh, JC Dyer about the um, you know what this event is very much like. And if you hit the targets that you're hitting, that means things are going to trend right towards where you want to be come championship season in February. And yeah, I think Fairfield could say that they did just about that. The men, thirteen top ten performances. 15 personal bests, 52 season bests, and one individual event champion, which was sophomore Joseph Stewart, who won the 200 free. And again, you have to swim both a morning prelim and an evening final, so doing that multiple times. Second in the 500 free, third third in the 1650 free, which is basically the mile-long swim. And also give a shout to Alexi Belfer, finished second in the 100 free on the women's side. Also 13 top 10 performances, 10 personal bests, 49 season bests. Thank you for the Fairfield Swimming and Diving Instagram account for posting all that information. <laughs> That's where I'm getting this off of. Um, the best finish on the women's side was sophomore Aaron Hoyland, who finished fourth in the mile free, and junior diver Alexis Gallen, who finished sixth in the three-meter dive. And Drew, I guess, just to give myself a break from talking here, your perspective, this, is, it, this event served exactly what Coach Dyer wanted to get this team familiarized with a multiple-day competition to get multiple reps in in the same day or same week and now they have that bar where they need to know okay do we need to perform a little bit better is are things trending in the right way but it does look like things are trending positively towards championship season yeah like you said it's basically their fall championship yep. by you know it's not a scrimmage but it's basically that sort of idea Let, let's have a mac championship without calling it the mac championship let's get together with some very good teams and run the format that's like the conference championship. And, yeah, if you're talking about benchmarking, you've got people hitting their marks or at least on pace to hit the mark that they want to be hitting when they get in the pool in February. Yes, and we will make sure when we come back in the spring semester, well, right before the championship season, we'll have conversations with both student-athletes from the men's and the women's teams to get their perspective heading up to Buffalo. Though, funny enough, the last time, that the championships will be in Buffalo as we're going to a new venue. We like brand sparkling new venues <laughs> uh, over in Ohio, which um, I believe well, I was told is this facility is one that is very emulated to what you're going to see at a 
you know, a bigger conference or maybe even where swimmers train for national team as well. So it's, you know, you're getting the best of the best. Yeah, I've heard good things. And, you know, when, when you first hear Ohio, we're going at, why are we going outside the MAC footprint? But then when you hear about the facility and yep. hear coaches and people that know the college swimming game way more than we do when they talk about it, it's a, it, it is a great move for the conference. With all due respect to uh, where the tournament's been in Buffalo, which – I've never had a chance to go, it being during basketball and lacrosse season, but uh, Paul Schlickman, our athletic director, and Zach Dayton and some other people have gone have told me it's a great championship. Yeah, that it is. I do remember watching the live stream a couple of times, and the energy is just contagious. But, um, yeah, all the best to the swimming team, as I know they do take a little bit of a break, and then they get back right in it. I think they're actually outside of basketball, the first team back in action the first week of January, I believe. So uh, best of luck to them. Yes, basketball. Here we go. Uh, we're going to give it a, a little bit of a rundown. As we often mention enough, this is very much talk. This show covers all of Fairfield sports. We do have two basketball-specific podcasts, uh, that being Open Court Podcast with Jay Young and Fast Break with Coach Carly Podcast. We'll be dropping episodes regularly over the winter, so make sure to stay tuned. Subscribe to us uh, wherever you get your podcasts of the Stag Sports Network. But women's basketball, they opened up the Leo D. Mahoney Arena on Friday, November the 18th with a 77-53 win over Stonehill in front of nearly 2,500 Electric scenes from start to finish. Drew, team had a big second half. Andrea Hernan Gomez with 20 points in that one. My ears were ringing for a few hours after the game, but all for the right reasons. It felt so good to be back at home. We've always give credit, of course, and appreciation to our friends over in Bridgeport for housing us while we built this facility, but there's nothing like playing a home game in front of the student body. Oh, it was it was amazing. It has been nearly a it had been nearly a thousand days since the team had played on campus and in front of fans not cardboard cutouts uh in fact by the time the men play on saturday it'll be 1004 days as i looked up recently but yeah and just to see it and see that atmosphere and see people genuinely emotional about walking into that building for the first time and looking around and then seeing the crowd and the student section was full and the backup student section was full that, that's a big one the backup student section was full it's not just the main one you had both end zones just absolutely rocking and to see you know just and members of the community and alumni and all that to come in there and over 2,000 people in the building for the opener another strong crowd on the Sunday against Michigan and just yeah it, it it's so amazing to be home and to have a place that we can call our home. No, most definitely. And Fairfield women will be back in action at Mahoney Arena on the 11th of December by welcoming in Sacred Heart. Now, a team that we haven't seen at all at home this season because they've been on the road yet back again for pretty much, well, it's going to be eight straight road and neutral site games. would be men's basketball. They just wrapped up playing a event, a three-game and three-day multi-team event down in Savannah over Thanksgiving weekend, went 2-1, and one, uh, knocked off preseason favor in the CAA Towson by five points, lost to Mercer by two points, but basically having the ball with a chance to tie or take the lead at the end. Uh, I should mention TJ Long, 15 points against Towson Supreme Cook, going for a big game against Mercer, and then Caleb Fields dropping 21, and a com- ended up being a bit of a comfortable win over Evansville. Fairfield begins MAC play on the first at Manhattan before welcoming in St. Peter's to... Well, we can now officially call, it's actually been this way for a little while, only just recently announced that it's a sold-out crowd on the third against St. Peter's. So 
if you missed down the opportunity, of course, you can watch on the ESPN Digital Family Networks. Uh, we hope to see you for one of eight straight home games that Fairfield will have between now and January the 6th. Um, Drew, the big one that I took away from this is that you, you can have a record is exactly what it is. Sure, people will live by that, but you also have to look at the caliber of the teams that Fairfield are playing. Yes, they're 2-5, and five, but their strength of schedule, uh, as rated by ESPN.com on November the 29th, 61st in the nation, which is by far the best of any team in the MAC. So if you want to reach the standards and levels that you want to play at, you got to play the teams that are there to know exactly where you're standing right now. Yeah, you know, there, there's the phrase, you are what your record says you are, and we hear that a lot. Uh, in you know all if you follow sports you hear everybody say it but if you want to say you are what your record says you are well they've won two of their last three yep you know so there's there's more than one way to look at that and you know they're trending in the right direction two out of three a couple bounces a couple possessions from being three and zero with that tournament which was you know and that win over Towson let's say the CAA reigning regular season champions and the preseason favorites. Um, so that's a that's a very big win, and we've seen what Wake Forest and Xavier have done since those games uh, against the Stags as well. So yeah, this team is trending in the right direction, and mm. uh, if if nothing else, if you want to be pessimistic about that, the optimistic look is still hey they're going to step on the court at Manhattan tomorrow, and they're going to be zero and zero, zero just, zero just like Mac. everybody else in the match. Absolutely, and the way that they're playing right now, you you have to feel confident if you're a Fairfield player in that locker room because. You come away by playing a very challenging event. Um, it's very much similar to what you could expect in the MAC tournament, where you're going to have to win multiple games on the same court across a span of three or four days. Fairfield just did that against teams that they don't see that often, but are very good teams in that tournament, low-key, by the way. Or classic, I should say, not a tournament. But it featured a very good field. There are some teams that we didn't play in that are like, Wow, someone's going to have to be an 0-3 team out of all that. Yeah, um, it was uh, Fairfield, Mercer, Towson, and South Alabama all went 2-1 and one in that tournament. Mm. Those are uh, some teams just personally, after having watched them play a little bit, I'm gonna looking forward to seeing how they wrap up, especially if you didn't watch uh, Mercer. And when I saw their roster, I saw they had a 7-foot-2 freshmen on their team and sometimes you see that on a basketball roster and let's be honest you see the person on the court and you feel like that might be rounded up a little bit when i saw uh this seven foot two freshman check in for mercer and saw him stand next to supreme cook i said oh my he is seven foot two maybe even with the shoes could be looking <laughs> seven four seven five that no yeah hey listen i love the opportunity of seeing different teams and that's exactly what we got out of this and as we said fairfield they're going to be playing at home now a lot happily going to be sleeping in their own bed for pretty much almost the entire you know winter break so that's a big positive and I think, Drew, like I said, that's a nice place where we can end our schedule. For You'll get regular content, of course, with uh, Bob and Joe and Jay on the Open Core podcast. I'll be with Coach Carly um, on the Fast Break podcast. You'll hear from players through that as well. We're going to take a rest on this platform. Still plenty of work to do between now and then, but we'll be back with you 
um, in late January, early February, depending on how the schedules kind of work things out. But we'll talk swimming and diving for their championships. We'll have men's and women's lacrosse because it'll be here before you know it that their season will get rolling. And then we'll have, of course, baseball, softball, golf, tennis, and rowing when their season get going. So, um, Drew, hope you have a very good holiday season. We'll see each other, of course, plenty of times before that, but on this platform and uh, enjoy the holidays. Yeah, I, I don't think it's too early to say happy holidays yet. So even though I'll see you about 12 times yep. between now and then, happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you so much. And uh, to all of our Fairfield fans out there, we wish nothing but the best for your holiday season and a safe and happy new year. We will see you all in 2023. Boy, that's weird to say, by the way. We'll see you in 2023. But until then, go Stags. Thank you for listening to the Stag Sports Network podcast. For past and future podcasts, visit fairfieldstags.com.